This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you for your giving. Appreciate so much your generosity. We're going to continue with our series, Becoming Like Jesus, Be Like Jesus. And you know, today we're going to talk about serving like Jesus. Serving like Jesus. You know, one of the principal characteristics of the kingdom and the culture of the kingdom is servanthood, isn't it? It absolutely is. You know, the the kingdom of God is more about serving than it is about position. Because if you think about it, okay, uh, everybody, how many children of God we got in here? Okay. How many heirs of God we got in here? How many joint heirs we got in here? How many people got part of the church, part of Christ's body? One, two, one, two. Well, the reason I'm doing that is silly, but see, we're all on the same level. God, God doesn't have any favorites. There's no respect for so So there's no use trying to jockey for a better position. You can't jockey for You already got a better position. You, I mean, you got the best one you can have. Isn't that right? So, you know, since that's the case, we don't have to play that game that the world plays where we're trying to climb the ladder. And, and You remember, you know, one time, you know, uh, uh, two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, they, you know, Mama got a hold of them, and they went to Jesus. Remember that? Can you imagine? That would be, uh, poor James and John, that would have been so embarrassing, wouldn't it? Here's two grown men, and your mama gets you and comes up to Jesus and says, Now, here's my two boys, and I want you to promise me that you'll let them set one on your left and one on your right in your kingdom. Oh, man, I'd have wanted to just fall through the ground. I would hope the ground would. That. <laughs> Mm. So since we're all loved equally, we don't have to jockey for position. And here's what we need to understand. Our place in the body is just as good as anybody else's place. It might be a different function, but it doesn't matter. If we could just get that, you know, really down into our hearts, it would, it would set a lot of us free from a whole lot of striving. Amen? Listen, the way of serving is the way of freedom. It's freedom from pride, freedom from our ego, freedom from competition. Come on. See, we don't need all that happening in the church. Amen? That, that, that's something, you know, that came from the fall. That's what, you know, Lucifer, that's what, you know, his sin was all about pride, ego, and competition. Oh, I know I could do it better than God. I just know I could, <laughs> you know. Oh, I, man, don't ask me to do that. I'm way above that. Okay. <laughs> See, he didn't want to serve. He wanted to rule. That was the beginning of his downfall right there. 
So when we take upon ourselves the place of a servant, we leave it to God to reveal our position. And whatever our position and place in the body is, it doesn't matter. You know, when I, my, you know where my head came this morning, every other part came with it. Not, not one part of my body was left behind. Hello? Isn't that what Paul used, the, that analogy with Christ's body? So wherever the head goes, I'm part of the body, you're part of the body, no parts left behind. So wherever the head is, that's where we're going to be. That's where we are. So if we were he, he is, what's the big deal? Wherever he goes, that's where we are because we're part of the body. All right. <laughs> so here's the thing. I believe this with all my heart. Love for God, love for others is the sign of true spiritual maturity. Sir, you cannot mature as you should without being a servant. Because your pride and your ego, I know none of y'all had to deal with that. I'm talking about myself. You know, it gets in the way. It does. Ambition can get in the way. Competition can get in the way. All those things that have to do with the natural man in the fall, they want to rise up. Amen? <laughs> Let's turn over to Matthew 20. I alluded to this a minute ago, but let's read it here. Boys, it done got mama involved. Oh, boy. I'm going to pick it up after they'd come to him and they'd ask him and all that, you know. You know, it's interesting, too. It says, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. I always say it's probably because they didn't think of it first. Listen, listen, let's, let's, let's don't put the apostles up there, you know, above where they ought to be. Paul said, don't think of any man more highly than they ought to be. Yes, we esteem them, of course. But, you know, they were human too. And I'm so glad that the Scriptures let, reveal their humanity. Otherwise, we'd, we'd be in trouble trying to live up to something. Jesus, in verse 25, called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. You know, th there's, there's two ways to look at this, and we'll, we'll talk about this some more in the process of the message today. But, you know, he said, whoever wants to be greatest among you, that shows that there's some ambition there in that person. And see, ambition is okay if it's under... If it's, if it's submitted to God. But see, one of the best ways to get rid of that human, natural, fleshly ambition is to serve. Kind of hard to feel like you're, you know, sitting on the throne when you're cleaning the throne. <laughs> he said... <laughs> So the first thing it does, it deals with those issues that we all have to deal with. Those, that pride, that ambition, or whatever it might be. He said, instead, whoever wants to be, become great, great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Oof. 
Boy, especially in our day and time in our culture, that's got some connotations, doesn't it? Whoa. A slave. Now, a servant had few rights, but a slave had no rights. So, how high up you want to go? Servant high or slave high? Awful quiet in this house. Man, y'all was a hollering a minute ago. <laughs> okay. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you're going to serve, let me give you some really good news. I know I'm going to get a lot of amens and shouts over this. You're going to have to sacrifice some things, and sometimes you're even going to have to suffer some things. I'm not talking about sickness and disease, but I'm going to tell you what. You know what? Your time, your, your, your efforts, your feelings. See, y'all think I just come down out of heaven on Sundays, right? Come preach and go back up. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? You know, uh, can I tell you a secret? There's some Sundays I just soon stay home. Does that shock you? Oh, boy, my pastor, y'all pray for me. I hope you do. But this is what I'm talking about. And it could be something different with you, but, you know, I mean, come on, be real. There's some Sundays you don't want to come either. It's just you can get by with it easier than I can. <laughs> Amen. But here's the thing, I mean, and let's face it, I mean, there's some days you don't want to get up and go to work, do you? Isn't that right? So you, but you go anyway, and that's a sacrifice, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's always great those days. You know, most of the time, I, man, I can't wait to get here and do it. But you know, everybody's human. We're, we're still got the flesh. The flesh is not redeemed. You have to put it under. And there are times, you know, when, when God calls us aside to pray. Man, I'll pray. I'll watch Bama beat somebody. I don't want to do that. I want to keep that money. I want to God. I'm just saying. So this is God's viewpoint of, great, of, of greatness. This is what I want to say. Greatness is not based on position, possessions, or power. No, no matter, I mean, I don't care if you're governor of the state. You're bishop of a movement. I don't care if you live in a, a 40-room mansion and drive Bentleys and Porsches and Mercedes. That, that's not what it's about in the kingdom of God. Now, if you got all that, we'll rejoice with you. But don't forget to serve. And see, this is why Jesus talked about people who have a lot of position, possessions, amen, and power. It's difficult for them. It's difficult. Listen, I'm a nobody, and I have to, have to deal with my flesh to get it to serve. Listen, come on, can we be real? Let's don't judge those folks. Listen, if you was a billionaire and you could jet around everywhere and you had 16 homes and all that, you might find it hard to find time to serve too. Hello? I'm not excusing them, but at the same time, this is what Jesus says. It's hard for the rich man to enter in. Why? He's got more distractions. He, he's got more to rely upon. 
Amen? It's not easy to become a billionaire. If it was, we'd all be one, wouldn't we? See? And, and so when you've, you've got more talent, you've got great ability, you, you do all these things, it's real easy to want to just think, you know, hey, look what I've done. I don't, I don't need God. I don't need to serve. Here, have some money. Listen, these will usually prevent or hinder us from coming a servant. Come on. This is why it's, it's important that in the Scriptures, you know, Paul talks about this. He said, even in the church, he said, he said don't put someone in a position too quickly. And you believe it too quickly because it'll go to their head. And what was meant for good will actually end up being a stumbling block. Amen. We all know, and I hope you've never been the subject of, of the abuse of one, but you, you know, uh, people who are in spiritual authority and all, you know, sometimes they use it for themselves. I'm not telling you anything you, you didn't know, did I? Y'all, y'all, if you've been in the church a year, you know that probably. But it's real easy. It's easy to do. It's real easy. I mean, it, it, you, if you, if you are, unless you have a servant attitude, you will abuse position and power if you get it. It's just a fact. It's just, I, and again, like I say, I'm not judging anybody. It's human nature. It's human nature. The fallen nature I'm talking about. But we got the Jesus nature. Amen? See, he that loves much is going to serve much. Turn over to Philippians. You know this scripture quite well, but we need to read it in light of today's message. It's so important. Philippians 2, verse 3. Now, he's writing to born-again, spirit-filled children of God. Amen? That's what the Bible's written to. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. I'll tell you what, boy, Passion Church is lucky to have me. Woo! I got news for you, honey. Was here before you got here, be here after you're gone. That goes from the pastor all the way down. I mean, yeah, God needs people, but he don't necessarily need me. There's lots of other people. <laughs> Amen. We're blessed and privileged if he's chosen us to empty the garbage. Amen. He said, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. You know, you can't do that if, if you're not a servant, servant-minded. If you think you're better than somebody else, how can you wait on them? How can you serve them? How can you give them your time, your talents? How can you make t- room for them? You can't. You know, that I'm looking for somebody to you know, come hold my robes. <laughs> Come on. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. We're talking about learning to serve like Jesus. You know, most of the time in the church, we're so caught up with our own stuff. My problems, how I'm feeling, what I'm dealing with, what I'm going through. That it, it just insulates us. We don't, we, I mean, we come to church, we get away, and we don't even know what's going on with our brothers and sisters. We don't have a clue. Thank you for your 
one amen and come on there. I appreciate that. Listen, I understand, you know, I, you know, this, this is tough on the old flesh. Sure it is, until you do it. Once you get your flesh under it, it's not, it's not so tough then. We're going to talk about the rewards in a minute, but first, you know, we've got to operate a little more. <laughs> in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He's going to tell us what it was. Who being in the very nature of God. Now, I mean, that, that's tip-top. God, I mean, that's it, isn't it? Whatever, whatever, how many positions may be under, there ain't none above that. I mean, that's at the, he's at, he was at the top. The top. <laughs> he was God in his God. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. We're using our position, our place, our power, are we using it for our own advantage or for the benefit of our brothers and sisters? This is something from time to time we must, you know, assess ourselves. We must do a self-assessment sometimes. Say, wait a minute here. Because I know, again, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm just talking about myself, you know. But, you know, sometimes, you know, selfishness wants to come up. Self-centeredness wants to come up. Have to put it down, don't we? Rather, he made himself nothing. How much is nothing? <laughs> if you have nothing, can you? Is there anything left to be subtracted from that? So when we, he said, he said, have the same mindset. Whatever God needs me to do, I'm ready. But taking the nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and found in appearance as a man. Now, here's the thing. He humbled himself. We, you and I, each one, we have to humble ourselves. You see, see a lot of times we say, oh, God humbled him. You, you can't find that prayer anywhere in the Scriptures. No, you have to humble yourself. And he tells us how to do it right here. By becoming obedient to death. Uh. We'll talk about that death stuff, Pastor. Talk about, talk about the blessing. Talk about how we're triumphant, how we're overcomers, how we're... Talk about all that. <laughs> but see, he says you, you have to humble yourself by becoming obedient. Amen. To those times where you have to crucify the flesh in order to serve someone else, deny your own interest at that time, and put somebody's ahead of yours. That's not an easy thing to do. Let's just be honest about it. We're talking about serving like Jesus, becoming like Jesus. Amen. All right, so we're talking right now. This is God's viewpoint of greatness. The one who becomes a servant will eventually be the one who rules. You know why? Because whoever can rule over the flesh will be fit to rule the kingdom. And you can't rule over the flesh unless you serve You don't have to rule over the flesh having people wait on you hand and foot, telling you how wonderful you are. Bring me another grape. <laughs> You're the greatest thing since sliced bread, man. We just, you just sit right there. We don't, 
No. Listen, when we can learn to rule over our flesh and our own selfish uh, interests and ambitions, then we're at a place God can trust us with position, with possessions, and with power. We can, by serving, see, we learn to rule over our pride, our personal interest, and our flesh. See, and this is God's view of greatness. He says, this is why he said, you, 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 you have an ambition to be promoted in the kingdom? Great. Here's how you do it. You want to you serve. You want to serve. Look, look in 3 John, Gospel, chapter 9. The servant mindset. He said, let this mindset of a servant like Jesus had be in you. Now, I'm going to show you the opposite. <laughs> just to show you that, you know, in Bible days, in them great days of the apostles, they had issues just like we have. Third John, verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. Boy, you talk about an ego... He he wouldn't even welcome the Apostle John. That's an ego. I mean, going somewhere for a wreck. That's a big ego, isn't it? So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing. Spreading malicious nonsense about us. See, he's using his power and his position in a wrong way. He's abusing it. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. I've known some churches like that. You don't believe just like we do. I mean, we we got it. We got the we got the inside scoop at our church. We are we're a New Testament church. So all the other churches that believe on Jesus, they're not New Testament churches. What did Paul say? He said, just because, you know, the hand says to the foot, you're not a part of the body, does that make it not a part of the body? No, because the hand don't have no right to make that judgment. That's the head's place, and the head is Jesus. Don't be letting somebody's foot tell you that you're not a part of the body. (laughs) Or, Or their hand or something. This is good pastoral teaching right here, I'm telling you what. He said, not satisfied, he refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Holy cow, man, this guy. I don't know how he got that position, but boy, I'm telling you what. He, he, was, he was in a world of trouble. See, we look at what he's doing to the other believers, but just think about what we just talked about so far and looking at what Jesus has taught and what we saw about the mindset of Jesus, this diatrophies, man, he was in some serious spiritual trouble, wasn't he? See, we look at somebody and say, oh, they committed adultery. This guy was in worse shape than them. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Absolutely. I'm not condoning that. Don't get somebody go out and say, well, Pastor Darcy, I'm sorry. I did not. People put their own interpretation on things. But see, sometimes we look at this and say, oh, that was a bad thing he did. I'm telling you what, this is really a bad, really bad thing he did. He said, 
Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil. So what did he just refer to all these actions that Diotrephes was doing? That don't sound good, does it? He said, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. What is good? We prefer our brothers and sisters in love. We put them first. We have the mindset of Jesus. Amen. And we do that. We cultivate that in us. And then God says, okay, now I can trust you with some power. It won't go to your head. I can put you in a place of authority. You know, you won't abuse, use it to abuse and hurt people like this. Think about the wounded people he, he probably hurt, wounded. And it's so easy to do, isn't it? Let's don't be positionally or title-minded. Humility of spirit must be present for acceptable service. Remember, you know, in Jesus' day, there was a group that was very religious that had this very problem, didn't he, called the Pharisees. Listen, listen, Jesus commended them on the one hand. He said, whatever they teach you about Moses' law, he said, listen to that and do. But he said, do as they teach, not as they do. See, you, you, you can have right doctrine and just cut people all to pieces with it. You can use the Word of God like a bludgeon if you want to. But if, you, if you're going to have a mindset of a servant, you're going to use it to help people. Even in correction can be done right. Amen? Correction doesn't mean let's half kill them. <laughs> correction means to instruct, to, to show, hey, you know, this way is not the best way. This is the way you should go. This way is, leads to destruction. This is the good way to go. The Bible says that we are even to instruct people who are in the wrong way gently. When's the last time you saw some of those guys correcting everybody on YouTube doing it gently? Man, they call out everybody but them. This one's wrong, that one's wrong, this one's an error, that one's an error, this is an error. Me and my ten people at my church, we got it right. All right. <laughs> we value others more than ourselves. And, and turn over to Colossians. This, this, this should really help you if you let it sink in. Mm. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Now, I won't read it, but in the context here, he's writing to slaves. Off quiet here. Slaves. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you're serving. Now, if that was true in that day where slaves who had no rights were serving masters, how much more is it true for us who were serving one another? You are serving Christ. When I, when I serve in the body of Christ and I'm serving my brothers and sisters, I'm serving Christ. I'm serving Jesus. I'm serving Jesus. 
what a what a what a poor dim view we have of one another we see the faults the flaws everything that's wrong but he said we're said, no wonder you, you know, if you see people that way you're not you're going to have a really difficult time serving them but when you see them in Christ you see them as people Jesus died for, as people that the Father loves, that's given, uh, brought them into the family, that, that has shown them mercy, has forgiven them. I'm telling you, when you see them, all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I'm, when I serve them, I'm serving Jesus. I'm serving Christ. I'm serving Him. And here's the good part. He said, you will get, when you do it that way, He said, there's a reward. There's a reward. Amen. Let's talk about the rewards of the servant. Notice he says here, he says, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Woo! I like inheritances, don't you? If you ever got an inheritance, it's nice. Even a little inheritance is nice. A big one's even nicer. <laughs> Anybody ever got an inheritance of some size? Yeah, I have. Sure was nice. Especially when it wasn't even expected. It's like, yes, Lord. <laughs> Let's turn over to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. <clears throat> Look at verse 20. A faithful person will be richly blessed. What a, he said this this inheritance, part of it is in the here and now. You, you want the blessing of God to, to be upon you? Then be a faithful servant. Faithfully serve as God has called you, as God's directed you, as God has gifted you. Be a faithful. You know, faithful means full of faith, doesn't it? See, I've met doubtful Christians, fearful Christians. But the best kind are the faithful Christians. Because a person that's full of faith will be consistent. Amen? They will persevere. You can count on them. Why? They're faithful. They're full of faith. They, they know they're serving the Lord Christ. It takes a whole lot to deflect their service. They're not easily swayed. They're not easily turned. They're faithful. And he said they will be richly Blessed. Woo. Now, you know, if I said to you, you know what? I'm going to richly bless you as, my, as, my, as an individual, as Norris Breswell. I'm going to richly bless you. But that would mean one thing. But if Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, says, I'm going to richly bless you, that means something else, wouldn't it? You better know it. A whole lot more zeros after those prime numbers there. <laughs> And so when God says, I'm going to richly bless you, boy, we need to see that for what it really is. I mean, this is God, the creator, the, the owner and creator of the universe, says, I'm going to richly bless you. Woo! I just, just a change out of the piggy bank. Just a change down in the cushions on the throne. I mean, woo! Come on. I know, I, I know I probably, y'all think, that guy thinks really strange. 
That's okay. <laughs> we'll be promoted by God. We're talking about the blessings. Turn over to 1 Peter real quickly, 5, 6. Everybody awake out there? You okay? We're getting down to the first closing. <laughs> well, I want to, you know, we've talked about the servant and what, what, what's required of us, but, I, I, you know, God, God always wants you to know when there's the blessing attached to it because he knows how to motivate us. Let's face it. We all like reward. If you don't, come see me. I need to pray for you. Something's wrong with you. You need an adjustment. God made us that way. <laughs> five, five, verse 6. Humble yourselves. There it is again. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. How do we humble ourselves? By becoming obedient servants. I don't want to serve. I know I don't either, but we're going to humble ourselves. I really don't want to do that. I know, but we're going to humble ourselves. Listen, if, if, listen, if there was nothing opposing you, why would he say you have to humble you? You wouldn't have to humble yourself. Just be yourself. He didn't say be yourself, because if you be yourself, <laughs> if I be myself, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he says, obviously, there's something there, or we wouldn't have to humble ourselves. Isn't that right? I mean, with me, it might be pride. With you, it might be something else. But whatever it is, every one of us has got something that was trying to prevent us from what? From being obedient to become a servant, so we have to humble ourselves. He said that he may lift you up in due time. That word there, due time, means a set and proper time. A set and proper time. Set by the Father. Set by the Father. Remember, <clears throat> remember all that was going on in Job's life, the enemy, you know, Satan was attacking him and everything. But God says, you see my servant Job, don't you? Oh, yeah. That's my boy. Come on. He looks down. When you're humbling yourself, you are serving, you're denying your flesh and your own interests, and you're putting the welfare of others first and serving. God's looking at us. You see my daughter? You see my boy? Man, I... yep. You know what? I was just thinking about it. I need somebody to do a special work with a special anointing. You know what? Let's pass over Big Shot unless we can trust her. We can trust her. Won't go to her head. Oh, yeah. She's, she's got a servant mindset. Yeah. Just like you had, son, talking to Jesus to the right hand there. Just like you. In due season, in due season, there's a set time. This, this Greek word here is kiros, means a set time. Chronos means, you know, hours and minutes and so forth. This is a set time, a proper time. So if you will begin to serve, you can know this. Part of the reward is there is a promotion coming. And when God promotes, it's so much better. You don't have to try to hold on to it. 
You don't try to make sure everybody recognizes it. Listen, when God does something in you, when God does something for you, I'm telling you what, folks know it. Folks see it. It ain't, you know, God, it's not hidden under a rock somewhere. That way you don't have to hang on to it. You don't have to hold on to it. You don't have to pump it up. God, God did it. Hallelujah. Amen. So here's the thing. What are we going to do? Matthew 23. Turn back over there. We've got to become a servant leader with Christ. Passion Church. And may I just add this, that I think that this will be a major key for us fulfilling God's purpose and God's plan for us. All of us serving, all of us with this mindset, all of us preferring others ahead of ourselves, all of us serving others as we're like we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus had a home and you cleaned it, how would you clean it? If Jesus had a car, how would you wash it? Uh, it's a little water on it. Would you? I hope not. I hope not. If Jesus had a rug and you vacuumed it, how would you vacuum it? Yeah, I know I missed a spot or two. No, I, I think most of us, we'd make sure we did it to the very best of our ability, wouldn't we? I mean, if you were literally, well, he says, when you're serving others, when you're serving your brothers and sisters, he said, you're serving Christ. So give it your best. Give it your best. Amen. Just give it your best. Matthew 23, verse 12. Well, we'll back up to verse 11. The greatest among you will be your servant. Are you getting a little more insight about why he would say such a contradictory statement now? Because to be a servant, you've got to do the things we talked about. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to crucify your flesh. You've got to put the interest of others and the interest of God ahead of your own. That's going to automatically put you in position for spiritual growth so that you can be trusted with position and possessions and power. So it's obvious why, you know, the one who is a servant is going to eventually be the leader. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Hmm. I think I'd rather humble myself than be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the kingdom. This is becoming like Jesus. Because if you go on down there at the end of that chapter in Philippians 2, which I know most of you are familiar with, it says after all those things it talked about, Jesus uh, uh, taking on himself the form of a servant and becoming obedient and humbling himself. At the end it says, therefore God has highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name. Woo! Turned out pretty good, didn't it? Amen. So here's the thing. Let me give you some action points here. I got, I got to clo- pray and close here. Let me ask you some things, and we're going to pray too here in just a minute. What is your viewpoint of serving? 
Well, <clears throat> if it's convenient, if I have the time, you know, boy, I sure like to like to like to help out there at Pastor Church, Pastor. But boy, man, am I busy? If we all use that excuse, nothing would be getting done, would there? I know you're busy. Tell me something I don't know. We're all busy. I talk to people that retired, and they tell me I'm busier now than I was before. I thought, well, what's their, I'm just going to keep working then. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're just, I understand that we're busy. But, you know, some of that we need to look at and say, why are we so busy? There might be some of that busyness that's self-imposed. I mean, I know, we've got jobs, we've got family, blah, 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 blah. I just hope whatever your excuse is that you feel like it'll hold up well when you stand in front of Jesus. You know, just make sure it'll hold up real well. Do you need to adjust your attitude to align with the kingdom? Maybe, maybe we need to deal with some pride. Maybe we need to deal with some ego. Yes, we clean the bathroom. I mean, man, I've been in the way 40 years. <laughs> Thank you. So finally, the last one. Decide. And this is what you have to do. You have to decide. Nobody can de- you can't decide for me. I can't decide for you. Decide to become a servant just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Uh, we're going to pray now with our, our, our prayer guide like we do every week this month. Uh, serve like Jesus. Did, did there, if you didn't get a copy of this, does anybody need a copy? Uh, back here in the back. Sylvia needs a copy there. Brother Thomas, have you got some there? We'll make sure everybody, anybody else? Maybe I missed your hand. Okay, right here. Right here, Pat. Right here, Patrick, Debbie. Back there with Sylvia. Oh, okay, over there. One more over there. Just grab them all. Oh, are we out? Maybe we're out. Okay. Oh, here we go. Because I want us all to pray together with this because I, I believe it's so important. And, you know, here's the thing. When we pray, that's a form of service. We're praying for others, I'm talking about, not for yourself. Not for yourself. You know, I know you need to, and you should, you need to pray for yourself, but you also need to pray for others. And I truly believe this. I, I believe this, that at, at the minimum, it should be on our praying should be 50-50. But I truly believe in the process of time as you grow, you'll start praying, having to pray less for yourself and start praying a lot more for others. So week three, serve like Jesus. This is our prayer guide. I'm going to read Colossians 3 again. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So as I pray these three points out briefly, you just lift up your voice and pray with me. Father, we do pray that we at Passion Church would truly understand the meaning of greatness in the kingdom of God. That, Father, to be great, we must first humble ourselves for the preparation time that is needed for us to be able to handle your promotion. So, Father, I pray for all of us at Passion Church, for myself, for all of us, for those who are watching online, Father, that we would truly 
in our heart of hearts understand what it means to be great. Father, I pray that we at Passion Church would develop this servant mindset that we read about in Philippians 2 that Jesus had, that we would humble ourselves by becoming obedient, crucifying the desires and, uh, uh, of the flesh, Father, our ego and our pride and those things, Father, that would hinder us from being effective servants uh, to our brothers and sisters. I thank you, Father, changing, renewing our mind to that. And, Father, that all that we do at Passion Church, we would do it in a spirit of humility, as Peter mentioned. Father, we would do it as those who count it an honor to be like Jesus, to be a servant as He served, to count ourselves as nothing as He did in order that we may gain the reward of the inheritance. Thank you, Father. There is a reward. We thank you for it. Father, thank you for this work of the Spirit within us here at Passion Church for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Everyone see Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.